Hello, Mr. Fox. How are you? I am just dandy. I'm just basking in the glory. Basking in the glory, not just wallowing or or bathing, but basking. It's, it's been like, I, 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 honestly, it's getting a little bit frightening. It's like it's like a, a tsunami of glory is coming towards me, and I don't know what to do. Whether I should like run for my life or try to swim into it to survive. <laughs> you could surf your way across it. Yeah, you're you're surfing the glory. Okay, okay, John, we cannot we cannot hold back on this. I mean, it's uh, before we get washed away or or just drown in 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 the over exuberance of it let us know about the glory oh right oh yes i should say. um well a couple of things actually i mean one one is that it, it has been very very heartening to get a lot of really positive feedback about the the dynamic type on on our detail pages because i i did tweet it um and i i, I got a mixture of 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 kind of you know thanks from people who who use the who, you know who benefit from it and a lot of kudos from people at Apple that actually work on this stuff, including and, and also from people who evangelize accessibility for the platform. Um, so it, it genuinely made me good. I mean, it, it is nice. You know, it, it, it was a lot of work. Um, and so it's nice to see it out there. I, I can't hide that fact. But the other thing, too, is that it also, you know, it, it helped spark a lot of conversations. And, and also, you know, people had some had some really helpful critique. And some people just threw, you know, China at it, which you apparently seem to be doing in the background. Oh, well, no, actually, that was my medals that uh, hang on the back of my door. I was opening my door and my medals all jangled, JC John, because I have medals for things because people believe I'm medal worthy. Oh, so you get like yeah, all these I, third place I, of participation I, awards or something. I thought they only do that in I, California. I don't, um, I don't go around just basking in it. See, I just, I just keep it quiet on the back of my door. I am. Apart from when I jingle it when other people are basking in their glory. Yeah. Uh, no, anyway. <laughs> Yes. No. Carry on. I was um, I was plugging my uh, Apple Watch in to the the charger, of trying to hope I could do it secretly, and Sam will edit it out. Oh no, no you can't do that. <laughs> Jesus, that needs to be kept in there. Honestly, the, the sound of broken dreams, or 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 people dreaming of of breaking their eardrums, so they don't have to listen to this. Uh, but it also it it also brought up some discussions about you know you know people were asking us like, well, why didn't you scale this or scale that and and you know, a couple of things that I I I, I learned from it is for, from the process of sharing it is that you know there, there's there's almost no way to to do it. There is kind of objectively no perfect way to do it. I think without having a a design that thinks about it all the different edge cases from the very beginning um, when you're adapting an existing layout that was designed with some fixed sizes and, and height. If you want to ship something, you have to think. Well, maybe maybe this thing element is less important; it won't matter, you know. If if you don't scale it, but some of the elements, you know, it's also it's it's a little bit difficult to 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 understand certain design trade offs if you're just looking at a at a screenshot. And so somebody had brought up it's like, hey, why didn't you scale the this button or that button that was on there? And and the reason, as I said, was because you know that there's an active video player underneath it, and so if you were to scale it to to those sizes, then you run into another problem where you're completely completely obscuring the video, which is kind of important. So, you know, and, and, and one of the things that I've noticed is that a lot of designs that Apple has, they end up being incredibly simple, which is, you know, I, I think it, I think in the end is good. It's hard to do. I mean, it's hard to get to simple and without getting to simple, it's almost impossible to, to make these fully, fully, fully adaptive layouts because you, you, you really have to think about, well, how do, how do, how do items change? Um, and and maybe some items need to disappear or some things aren't as important. So it, there really is a, a quite a bit of art to it. There's not like, you know, okay, well, I'll just scale this formula. It just doesn't work like that in the real world, um, which is why you have to think about it in advance. 
Um, so that was nice. Um, and, but then I also have, uh, I have kudos to, to share for another app. So I don't want to talk about my glory, but I'll save that for a slightly later segment. Let's go back to you, Scotty. Tell us about your grand achievements this, this week. Well, my grand achievements this week are I, um, picked up a new, uh, a project within a within a client, and um, I successfully uh, navigated submitting my first PR and getting included into the code base, which is always nice. The first time you get something uh, committed into a new code base as a as a sort of contractor, it sort of gives you a sense that you've um, you know you've arrived. Mm. Uh, there are some places to go. It's quite interesting actually. They they want you to make a commit on your first day, um, which I'm not necessarily sure I agree with or don't agree with. <laughs> you know, sometimes you know it depends on the the level of the application. So yes, but it's uh, I'm in a place at the moment where I'm working on you know if you include money while I'm working on maybe four different projects right now, um, and so yeah, keeping keeping my mind in shape between them is is quite um, quite difficult sometimes. And I think this is where things like patterns and practice can become really useful because you you can uh, you recognise how things are done in code and it makes that sort of shifting around. Now fortunately, I've been involved quite heavily in three of the four code bases so um it has my uh, my grubby little fingerprints as my mother were used to say all over everything <laughs> so um it's in there but it's uh, yeah so that's always quite a nice feeling when um someone else says yes you are worthy to add code to our project um particularly as i've never put code in this particular project ever before that was um that was rather nice but it, what i do find is doing the context shifting with with the contract work it's it's I'm working on some pretty sort of like nitty gritty stuff still in the money well sync system. And it makes digging into that each day a little difficult because, you know, that's really something where I could, to be honest, do with just like taking a couple of weeks out and just getting in there and being the only place I am. And, you know, when you're a freelancer, that sounds like that should be something you're able to do. But unfortunately, clients expect you to deliver things within a reasonable amount of time of asking you. And so it becomes a little challenging. So I'm, I'm going to need to try and find a, a way of breaking myself out a couple of weeks to, uh, uh, to to just get on with this and just tell some clients to settle down a bit and or not settle down a bit. It sounds like they're agitated. They're not um, just to um, you know, find, find a quiet space where it all adds together. So, But that's been my week. It's been uh, busy and uh, productive and um, I've been fixing bugs and I've been shipping code, but... I can't have, you know, there's no glory for me to bask in. No, no, I, I'm going to just like spray you with glory right now um, because I think the, the, you bring up a really important point that you are seeing, you know, uh, maybe more than, than other people would when you're, you know, by the nature of your work, forced to work in lots of different code bases and see different styles. And, and it's a, something we talk about at work all the time. And I've had a chance to think about it because, you know, large companies, the some of the largest companies in the Valley have very, very prescribed development practices. Um, and now I kind of get why they do it. I don't say, I, I can't say it's necessarily something I would agree with or enjoy working under, but I absolutely get why they do it. Um, because if you're going to scale a large engineering team, you especially if you're going to bring in people that are towards the beginning of their career, they, they don't, you know, they can't be effective if they have to wonder, you know, how do I make my code conform and, and useful and readable to other people? And also, where do I go look for help and, and, and so forth? Um, and Netflix definitely has, you know, the, the freedom and responsibility tenant 
exist, you know, across all aspects of, of work, including coding styles. Um, and so it become it can become a little bit of a challenge because it can feel like you're working on multiple different apps. You go into one area and it's like, oh, okay, this was largely written by this person or this team that followed this practice. And then you switch to another part of the app. It's like, wow, it looks really different. Um, and I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing so long as there's a lot of communication and a lot of documentation so that it helps. And, and if you can, you know, reach somebody and say, okay, can you explain to me some of the, the constraints about it? And it just, it, 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 it brings up the other point that, that, that is frequently discussed, the kind of run over by a bus problems, like what happens if you have to go on paternity leave or, or you know, have to step away or, or want to step away on something. If, if, if you're the one who's the sole, you know, carrier of, 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 of domain expertise, then that, that's a problem. It's a problem for you because you're never going to be able to get away from it. It's a problem for the engineering organization because it's not going to scale. So these are important things. Scotty. Okay. Well, I will, I will take advantage of this uh, moment so that I can uh, talk about something else, which is on mine. May I do that, Scotty? I'll take your silence to mean yes. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I came across an app this morning, which I'm, I'm, it's like one of those rare apps where I'm so stunned by it. I, I feel no problem in, in, in hyping it. And it's an app called, uh, uh, Moses AI, which is kind of a bold name, um, but essentially it is an app that lets you take any digital music file and it will process it and separate it into its different component parts. So you can isolate drums, bass, you know, vocal, other instruments, and then you can play back the individual tracks on their own in any combination. So you can say, I just want vocals or I want vocals and drums. And you can adjust the volume of each one and change and pan it in the stereo field. And then you can also do things like change the tempo without changing the pitch. It, it is a stunning achievement. Um, it really is, you know, and I found out about it because I was watching a YouTube video of a drummer that, and it was merged to me on YouTube saying, it's like, for 15 years, people have been asking me, how do I isolate it? Because it's a common thing you find on, on YouTube videos that are for, for musicians saying, here's exactly how to play this part. And so um, sometimes they will do some, some EQ-based processing to try and reduce the levels of certain tracks, or they will just kind of recreate the, 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 the tracks using you know, stem tracks that are available. So for popular songs, you can get whatever, you know, the, the guitar part for song X um, available in GarageBand, so it's not the original performance, but it, it may be close enough for, for what you're trying to teach. But this app lets you, you know, take a, a, a licensed file that you may own or a URL for something that's publicly available, which is somewhat a way of getting around copyright because almost any music track you can think of is available, you know, on, on YouTube. And so I was playing around with it. So you, you upload the, 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 some recording and it processes it because it has to be done on the server. You know, there's a ton of processing. And so it takes a little bit of time, but not an inordinate amount of time. And then you download it. And it, it is nothing short of magical. You know, for, for, for studio recordings, it seems to work flawlessly. For live recordings where there's so much bleed, you can hear some bleed from some of the other instruments. But um, otherwise, it works. And the reason why I care about this so much is because when I was first learning drums, I used this, this series called Music Minus One, where it would be for different genre of music. So you can say, here's the rock edition, and it would have kind of more kind of exemplar type things. They're not necessarily songs you know, but here's a music that's in the style of band X, Y, or Z, or jazz composer X, Y, or Z. 
Um, and you could just basically get it for different instruments. And so they purposely recorded it that way. So they had very well isolated multi-track recordings. And so if you wanted to have to play along with a Stan Getz tune minus the, the, the bass part, which you would then play with, it would be great. And it was limited in the choice, but I found it an extremely effective way of learning. And so now you can do this for, for any music you want. Now, there, obviously, I'm talking about it because of my passion as, as an instrument, uh, you know, as, as a musician. But the other thing that really struck me is how many of the things they just completely got right from the initial experience to how they make it easier for people to share about it. And the fact that I'm talking about it now, but for instance, the sign up, they support multiple different, you know, sign up mechanisms, including front and center you know, uh, signing in with Apple, which I like because I always feel comfortable at saying, well, you know, hide my email address because I've never seen this app. I don't know whether I'm going to get spammed with a bunch of email um, and and so forth. And then similarly, they don't immediately ask you to to, to do, you know, notifications uh, until you actually need it. And and in this case, it actually is helpful because, you know, you're going to upload a video and, and or upload a digital music file and it's going to take some time processing. And you, you, you really do want to know when it's done if you're in the moment. So you're actually happy to do it. And even then when it says, you know, here's how to 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 get a digital file to them. One, one of the examples, if it's available publicly on a URL, you know, they show something by example where they will have a standalone YouTube URL in there, which is the, you know, which kind of clues you into the facts like, oh, right, yes, you can do it. So it helps teach you. Um, and then finally, when it comes time to, to you know, uh, telling people about it, they actually, you know, have a thoughtful sharing mechanism on the bottom saying it's like you can, you know, here's where we are in social media where you can contact us. And if you want to recommend the app to your friend, they have a, a decent, you know, uh, you know, uh, standalone share message which you can put out. So they, they just they hit all those elements um, that are completely, you know, if, if you had shipped this app and I can imagine the amount of work and the years of research that was required in the back end to make this stuff work. And you were to release it out in the world, and you were to neglect these, you know, these issues. Your app wouldn't be successful because nobody's heard of you, and you're thinking, okay, do I really want to, you know, do these things? But they, they, they went through them all. So I, I'm just great job. I'll, I'll put a, a link in the show notes. But I think that this might interest a number of our fractional listeners. I know there are some musicians uh, among there, and certainly some people who care about these first run experience aspects. Always good to hear about great software. And uh, great first run experiences, and just the fact that it works. So, how much? How much? That raises a good question, actually. How much software do you think out there is actually great, but the first run experience means most people never realise it's great? I think a lot. I think that is such a common common problem because it's it's it, it's the thing I, I I think we've talked about a number of times before. It, you know, you can have the best engineering in the world. You can have, and if you don't support it with these things, doesn't really matter. And by the same token, you can have the best design in the world, and and if the if the software is not there, if it's not reliable, if it's not fast, if it's not stable, that also sucks too. It's like, and then you just have to realize that the people who think about these things, who think about the language. And and the, these design elements are absolutely as as brilliant at their craft and as necessary as as you may be, you know, you, with you being the the most amazing software engineer in the world. And if you can't recognize that, then you probably shouldn't be, you know, you're not going to have a successful product. I mean, this is one of the things for us with Moneywell because Moneywell became a bit you know neglected before we took it on. Some would say it's still being neglected since we've taken it on. But, um, uh, yeah, and, and a few bits broke, Sync being one of them, which I'm, I'm working on. But there are a few other places. And so, obviously, our priority at the moment is to 
be fixing because there were features that were there and then they broke we to fix and replace them however i'd say moneywell's biggest problem is um you know it's not a bad app i think the ui is okay it's probably a little bit dated now um but it works and it's you know there are definitely far worse apps um and and and, and on the whole it's reasonably stable and it, it it works it doesn't crash very often um and it just works but i would say its biggest problem is when when it starts you're presented with like this this window with all this stuff in um really um you know and 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 i experienced this with it when i was first trying it um you know and i don't know what to do with it i it's got all this stuff that i have no idea how to do with it but you know working on a way that you takes people through getting to know the app that can then either be got rid of once they don't once they know the app or is better than what it was doing so you don't worry about it staying in there so it's basically you, you it's a powerful app it does loads of things you don't want it to be a whole bunch of like um uh the microsoft word used to be like wizards what would they ever call something different on mac do you want know I me mean if i say a wizard uh, i know what you're talking about but i don't know whether they were called wizards on mac but who cares no they were definitely called wizards. yeah so you do this press next you know you don't want everything to be that all the time so this balance in a powerful app of you know allowing that power to be there that um that your main users your experienced users want to keep but at the same time to introduce people to the app in a way that isn't you know daunting or you know trying to work it out you know work out because actually the process of setting up a budget in moneywell is actually pretty complicated um now yes you can do training videos um and i think that has value and we will definitely be doing those um the trouble with training videos is they are quite they take quite a long time to produce and equally the moment you change something in the ui they go out of date and the reality is a lot of people don't really want to watch videos about software they want to just use the software so um it's uh you know this creating interfaces that just uh just work in complex apps is the challenge we're having and and uh you know how to design this so that um it works for the new user while working for the old user or really should we have like a an introductory ui and then you click the button and say i'm a good user now and it goes into a more advanced ui or any of that stuff and i really don't know the right answer um and you know the thing is a lot of mac apps um you know the, the mac was you know when you go to unix unix is all about one little command line script that does one thing and then, you know, you work with Unix that you chain these things together. And I think traditionally a lot of Mac software was very much like that. Lots of simple Mac software, very well done to do one thing. But of course, you know, we're moving, you know, as we move on in the world and the Mac becomes a more prominent platform and a more consumer platform for just people using, the apps have got more complicated. And, um, you know, so some of the UI paradigms and the way things work, I don't think necessarily follow straight through. Uh, that was just a bit of a waffle to say, when it comes to UI, we've still no idea what we're doing. Indeed. Well, you know, one thing that we can know what we're doing is, um, or we can try to know what's doing, and that is how to, to do a very compact episode, because while you were earning your medals, um, the time has been clicking forward, and I have a hard stop, which I have to respect. Um, but we, this is something that is worth talking about, and we, we may, we're going to do something different here. We're actually going to create a cliffhanger and say, what are they going to talk about next week? And that's going to enjoin some of our fractional listeners to maybe rethink whether they want to be fractional next week. If they've been fractional this week, they may want to join. So, Scotty, if, if people want to tell you 
you know, why you are so award-winning and to, to get you to, to, to prepare for an, uh, yet another award-winning performance next week, where might they find you? Well, what I'd actually like is anybody to tell me about any good articles or blogs they know of on UI design that deal with some of the things I've just said about. Um, and they could do that by pinging me on Twitter, where I am Mac Devnet. And John, if people want to um, get a tan by basking in some of the glory that is around you, um, you know, to to just basically fill that warm fuzz and warm glow of, of of the glory cloud, where should they do that? Well, you can join me and other graduates of the Emerald Lagasse Institute of Expressive Subtlety on Twitter, where you'll find me as Jembe. That's D J E M B E, like the West African drum. I look forward to seeing many tweets saying "Alleluia, glory!" It's John. <laughs> <laughs> well thanks for listening everyone a uh, short episode so if you're listening uh listening this week then uh lucky you <laughs> but thanks for listening <laughs> until next time you take care Thank you.